Hey there, I'm Simeon. And I'm Mary. And welcome to the Two Nerds. And their journey through the essential literacy practices. Whole new worlds were created as rock twist on into unexplored territory. Within arms generally, there's always the feeling that one has to innovate and reevaluate and move on. So today we have Elise Benson and Michelle Wahlberg with us, and we want to talk about the essentials. And Elise, you are a kindergarten. Well, we should have them introduce themselves yeah, first. Yes, let's yeah. do that. Hi, I'm Elise Benson, and I teach kindergarten at North Muskegon Public Schools. And I'm Michelle Wahlberg, one of the early literacy coaches here at the Muskegon ISD. Yay, fantastic. <laughs> so we're going to get started because Elise and Michelle, you both are so famous. You were highlighted in September at the Essential Series and um, Grand Rapids. And so what we really wanted to do today is spend some time talking about coaching and what coaching is and how that supports educators around Muskegon County and the state of Michigan. And then also, Elise, we just kind of like, kind of talk about coaching, what it's done for you as a classroom teacher. So I did the coaching series last year with Michelle, the individual coaching this year. I'm doing group coaching with my grade level with Lori Doriot. The year before, I saw her come in and work with our first grade teachers, and I wanted to know more because I started doing the centrals that the ISD was putting on after school, and I really fell in love with them and wanted to learn more and how do we get more um, involved with it to help our whole staff. And so I asked the principal if I could do the coaching series the next year, and he said, absolutely. So I jumped right on it. And at first, it, to wrap your head around the essentials and to have someone come in, and it's nerve-wracking to have anyone come in and watch your classroom, but Michelle came in with open eyes and arms and she highlighted all the things that I was doing positively in the essentials that I didn't even realize I was doing. So that first meeting her, having her come in and just observe and then look at all these things you are doing, it kind of takes the pressure off of trying to learn the essentials. And then after that, we brainstorm ideas of what essential I wanted to work on. And I focused on small group instruction. And that's where the whole Nell Duke talking with her at the essential meeting was around small group and using flexible grouping. And so she pushed me. If it wasn't for Michelle, I would have still be doing the same grouping that typically everybody does group by level and go from there. And she said, and what about flexible grouping and taking yourself out of the rotation and thinking about interest-based or skills-based versus only focusing? on the levels. And I'm like, I don't know. I've always done it this way. I, this is how I feel comfortable. This is how I work. And she said, just think about it. So I thought about it and I'm, like, I'm just going to try it. Why not? We, we don't know if it's going to work or not work. And it was the best thing ever. Okay. So I want to just push you a little, like what made it the best thing ever? What did you see? Like, how did the kids respond? So when you group by level only, you tend to group the outside. So you have your kids broken up into small groups and kids coming to your table. Well, I've always done it while I thought it was easiest, which it's not is A's with the A's, B's with the B's, D's with the D's, higher level with the higher level, and they rotate together. Not thinking about what they're doing out there. If you have all your kiddos that struggle in one group, then behaviors start coming out. And a lot of Teachers are afraid to do literacy stations because of behaviors and the management piece of small group instruction, trying to get everything you need done in that group and make sure the kids out there are 
doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so when you're not thinking about that, if I keep the same kids together all the way around, I'm not giving them opportunities to work with other kids they might not work with. So then I started strategically placing kids, maybe a kid that's a good role model with a kid that needs a good modeling of how to behave during that group. And so I grouped them together out there. And then when I pull myself out of small group, then I'm able to pull one to assess or I can pull two that we need to just work on a quick skill and send them off to practice or I can pull a group that needs to have more time with me at the table. So at least when you start to talk about where you took yourself out of that rotation, it sounds like it gave you a lot of liberty to kind of do different things to meet your students' needs, whether it be assessment or maybe pull a couple other kids you're noticing some behaviors. What advice might you have for somebody that is really, you know, holding on to that level grouping because that sometimes seems like an entry place to come in as safeguard? What kind of advice would you have for that individual to kind of try something a little different? That it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a set way that you do it or every child is different and every classroom is different and just that it's okay to let go of something that you think is working because it might not be working and it's okay and to try it. Um, and if I wouldn't have tried it, I would still be doing the same thing and I would be missing those kiddos that really need me at the table or the kiddos that just need to experience other kids within the classroom. And so just taking that, think about it. <laughs> and I did and map it out and really, and you really get to know your kids that way too. It, it, when they're group by level, you're only looking at it at lab- that label, and it's it's so much more than that. It's more of the reading behavior. So I learned so much more about my readers as individuals by doing the flexible grouping, and it is a a lot of accountability on the teacher because before, and that was other the stress is when they come to your table, you needed to be ready, and you had six sets of eyeballs looking at you, and you have a student over here, and I teach kindergarten, so. Uh, you know, they might not be able to pick a book from the library. It gave me that opportunity to not pull any kids to the table, go over to that kid and teach them how to pull a book from the library or um, go and compliment. I noticed that you are reading quietly and have them quick read a page to you and give them that moment that they don't always get in the chaos of trying to do a small group instruction. So it was the best. Thank you, Michelle, for <laughs> pushing me to do that because now I'm able to have people from my building come in and see it. And then they're more open-minded about trying it and I've shared resources or things that's worked. I have a PowerPoint that I move the names and it's a visual of the kids. I mean, it's kindergarten. A lot of people, they can't do that, but they can. And I put a PowerPoint up and it has a picture and their names and I ring a bell. They rotate and you can do it. And it's just really you know, awesome. You're just making me think about those first grade teachers next year who are going to have kids that can do this. And, mm-hmm. and wow, what a gift that is for them to have that sort of that that self-management and be able to, and I know we're talking kindergartners and mm-hmm. first graders, but that's, that's such a gift. That's a mm-hmm. huge gift. And you know, at least you talk so, um, how Michelle just really helped you as a, a coach processing things and thinking uh, about mm-hmm. small groups outside of the box. And so Michelle, my, I guess my question comes to you because I know that you're doing a lot of coaching around the county. And also statewide, your voice is also heard. And what I wondered is you had shared before with me that you have many of your coachees and now your group coaching really picking this heavy lifting of Essential 3 Mm -hmm. with the small group work. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about, like, what are you seeing out in the county and what are you experiencing with teachers that are, like Lise, taking Mm -hmm. that, that chance and diving in and doing small group? Yeah, just to talk about Elise for a minute, I remember the day that I posed that question to her. Essential three, the small group flexible grouping is a difficult task to under undertake. 
But when I posed that question to her, I could see the wheels turning in her head. It wasn't something, you know, you need to do this or you have to do this. It was just helping her think about it. And really, after that, she kind of took the ball and ran with it on her own. I remember her sitting there and thinking over that question and kind of looking at me like, um, I don't know. And then I would guess the next day or two, she had already enacted all of those steps to make that happen. So I just wanted to share a little bit about that. I am actually in classrooms with teachers all day, every day, from one side of the county to the other and back again. Um, I'm driving around town all day long, visiting classrooms and working with the teachers. And being in the classroom in the moment is what's making the difference. Um, to stand in a classroom with a teacher, with the kids present, and life is actually happening, to be able to look at each other and say, yeah, that didn't go very well. What else could we try? Or, wow, that really went well. Let's keep doing that. To have two adults be able to wrap their heads around something together is quite powerful. So I would say that the coaching is making a big difference for people. One, it's shining a light on the strengths that they have. And two, it's helping them grow in areas that they want to grow in. With a little bit of questioning and some support, they really know what they want to work on and how they want to achieve it. They just need a little help in discovering how they want to do it. And I, just the, the act of empower, like, so together you guys are empowered with one another to do this work. And, and yeah. so there's teamwork in that. And that's oftentimes mm-hmm. we're alone in that room and the door mm-hmm. gets closed and life happens to us sometimes. So it's almost, yeah. it's almost a gift to be able to sit down and have that, that interaction with one another that we, sell, that we seldom get in, in education. And different teachers want different things. Some people enjoy having the coach come in the classroom and work side by side with them with the kids present. Some people really value that just quick half hour coaching mm. conversation where they can just talk and be heard and ask questions and think and formulate a plan because teachers make a million decisions every minute of every day with kids around. And sometimes it's just carving out that time to think and process and formulate a plan. I, I like to think of coaching more as teamwork, like you named Simeon, um, but collaboration it's never, I know what you should do and this is how you should do it. It's always a trust. I trust the teachers that they know what they need to work on and they know what they need to do to achieve it. And if they don't, they'll ask the questions and then I can help provide some answers. I do spend all day in districts across the county. So I am able to take ideas from one district and share them with another and vice versa. So I have a toolbox of ideas that I can share with teachers but really, it's just helping them facilitate their thinking and get the ball rolling. So, Michelle, will you talk a little bit about classroom learning labs mm-hmm. around the county? Can you talk about what that's done for teachers? Yeah, so the classroom learning lab is basically teachers coming into the classroom with the teacher teaching and the students present. It's a, just a normal day for the students and the teacher. But the teachers are observing that teacher during a specific point in their day. So it might be small group rotation time that the teachers are observing and they come in and they watch for about a half hour. That's usually about all it takes, which doesn't seem like a lot of time. But the amount of information that you can acquire during that half hour is incredible. Beforehand, we sit with the teacher, the host teacher, and have her or him explain what the observing teachers will be seeing when they're in her classroom. And they kind of decide what they're going to be looking for. That often changes the second they step their foot inside the classroom. Once they get in, they observe, they take notes. The host teacher will 
say if they want the visiting teachers to interact with the students or just kind of be a fly on the wall, whatever is safest for the teacher and for the students. We really want them to feel comfortable so that it's just a normal day in their very authentic experience. Then afterward, we debrief with the host teacher, and there's a very tight protocol that we use. It it works very well because it gives everyone in the room a chance to have their voice be heard and also to ask a question. So we talk to the teacher beforehand, we go in and observe, and then afterward we sit and we basically get to pick the teacher's brain and get all of that teacher's thinking up out about all the decisions they made, which of their skills they found most useful, what resources did they use, what decisions did they have to make in the moment, everything. You can ask about anything and everything. It's whatever the teachers need it to be. So at least we start to think about this and Michelle's talking about the coaching and all the support around that without that evaluation. And it just how uplifting is that to be able to be vulnerable in this work? So I guess my question would be for you, if someone was questioning, should I do coaching or should I not? Should I jump in a small group? Should I not jump in a small group? What might be some advice that you'd have for an individual? I would absolutely promote coaching. I've seen so much growth in my building from anywhere from a first year teacher that was able to do the coaching to a teacher that's been seasoned and has done things certain way for so many years, open their mind to like, oh, maybe I do need to change a little bit and it's okay. And the first year teacher having that extra support because wrapping your head around just graduating college, trying to figure out how to manage students and then to have a person you can email, call, they will come in your classroom And it's not just a coach for that one year. I know that if I ever need something, I can contact Michelle. And now I have Mrs. Doria, who she was my kindergarten teacher. So it was so (laughs) cool to now my kindergarten teaching, I'm able to coach with her. And it's just full circle. But it's so nice because it's not just a cutoff. You don't just have coaching for this one year. It's continual. And I can always contact Michelle. I can come to the ISD and continue my learning. And the coaches are there. So it's a positive thing. And it's like it's now no judgment. It's more what can we do to help you grow? You are doing these great things. How can we extend it? So I would definitely promote it and say it's worth trying. Whether you just want to rethink how you do small group or you're thinking about coaching, either one is great. To add on to that, too, I think that teachers like Elise end up becoming coaches too. Um, I know this for a fact that Elise has come to things here at the Muskegon ISD or other places around the county where she's been able to take her experience of being coached and kind of use it to coach some other teachers in ways that maybe she wasn't able to before. But just the questioning and the talking and the collaborating and providing resources, I know you do that for a lot of people, um, really to help build her up as a leader, which she is, so she can spread the capacity around the state in reference to the essential practices, too. So she's carrying on the good work without a coach present and actually coaching others in turn. So I don't, I don't want to put either of you on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I, I want to ask this. It's a question that we ask at the end of our instructional rounds. And I'm curious from both of you with coaching and, and this work here in Muskegon and other places, like what is your one wish? for this work, either for yourself personally or outside of yourself for for sort of the work in general across the state. What's your one wish for this? Uh, I can answer that. I think I have a couple of wishes, but my wish would be for teachers to have a sense of healing. I think that this is a tough profession. It is rigorous. It never ends. It's all you think about. It's all you do. And you still are never done. (laughs) 
So to be able to go in and provide a teacher some support and know that then that teacher is going to provide some other teachers support and really build that collaboration, I think it's just really bringing people together to do the good work. And obviously our, our, our major wish is for student achievement to go up. I just, I do really love the every child, every classroom, every day slogan that the essentials have and that it gives a roadmap of how to get the children there. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in what curriculum works best and what path to take and how many minutes to teach the things each. And there's so many things that the kids need, but I just really love to, it starts off with Central One with motivation and engagement because I want my kids to love school and I really do think the essentials help you get there. And after you get the essential one down, all the other essentials come with it. I just love to see my kids excited. In the beginning, I teach kindergarten. So it's, when's recess? When's recess? And now they're, when can I do word work? When can we, when can we play the phonics games? Like it's just so exciting that they want or to see them read you a page all by themselves and they're excited about it and they want to borrow the book and bring it home to read mom and dad. So it's just that warm fuzzies that they're learning, but they don't realize they're learning because they love it. So my wish is for every kid to love school and have a good experience with learning how to be be a reader. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you both. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Whole new worlds were created as rock twist on into unexplored territory within arms generally. There's always the feeling that one has to innovate and reevaluate.